Can we pray before we open the word this morning? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and that your word is true. And it becomes really true when we apply it. In the application of it, Lord, we taste and see that this written letter that you've given us, Lord, is actually effective. So I pray this morning, Lord, in receiving your word that we would not hear, but we would take this and we would do it. Jesus, you said that wise is the man who hears these words of mine and put it into action. So Lord, I pray that we would be wise men and women this morning who hear your word and put it into practice. Holy Spirit, will you come and, and lead the preaching of your word this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning I'm going to talk to you about the idea of finding rest. And this has come out of us as an eldership who said, what is still on God's heart for us as a church for the remainder of this year? And um, beautiful responses from the team. And when I looked at it, I realized, you know what, there's a little bit of a thread here that God wants to minister to us as his church about, especially at the end of this year, around rest and understanding God's heart for rest and realizing that the world offers so many ideas of what this could mean, but I don't think we pause often enough to say, God, how do you want us to rest? So for the next few weeks, actually, we're going to be talking about what it means to find rest in the Lord, to find rest in His ways, in His Word, uh, in His heart, because truly, I think that's the only way we will find it. A couple of months ago, early October, uh, Helena and I had a conversation, and she said, you know what feeling I have? And this is early October. I said, what's the feeling you have? She said, it feels like next week should be Christmas. <laughs> Can anyone relate with that this year? It's like, whew. We thought when 2020 was over, like, thank you, Jesus. And then 2021 happened. And then we're like, goodness. But whoa, 2022. The madness of trying to go back to what we think is normal and schools trying to catch up with all the sports that they missed out because it is so important to catch up with all the missed sports and extra events and extra this because we all have been missing out. And I'm like, have we? And there's this mad rush around us today. And we all find it. And if we don't watch out this week, we'll be rushing for deals online. <laughs> don't. I'm not going to look in the direction for someone in here who actually is on the senior management team for take a lot. <laughs> maybe, maybe he or she um, <laughs> is saying, yes, Pierre, please preach that because we don't, we're not sure we're going to make it through this week. And then we make Christmas plans and we are worn out by them. And three days before we're like, ah, why did we... <laughs> come up with all these, this is the menu, and this is the venue, and this is, you know, how we just, like, we're in this rush, and then we want to rush more. And then we get to January, the longest month in the year. And then we rush for the 31st of January, and the race continues, and there's another year. And towards the end of the year, in October, like, ah, Christmas should be here. And when we chase deals on, good, on Black, not Good Friday, goodness, on Black Friday, it's not a Good Friday, it's Black Friday, all right. 
And then we rush for our Christmas plans and we rush to get to our place. I'm one of those rush people when I go on holiday. I'm like, can I just get there? And when I'm there, it takes me a week to unwind because it was such a rush to get there. And then we find ourselves in this cyclical lifestyle of rushing to rest. And I'm like, I think we need a savior to save us. I think we need a savior to save us. What is your ideal picture of rest? Maybe for some of you, when you see this, you go like, yes. <laughs> Maybe you're a little bit like me. I like the sun and I like summer, but ugh, I've got a limit and it's quick. <laughs> so maybe you want to go there. Yes. Some people in a room who likes it like me. Maybe you're not the inside a cabin, but you actually want to be up on a mountain doing that. You're like the activity kind, eh? Like... I don't rest unless I do something. But maybe you don't like the cold. You'd rather want the African sun and be on the back of a 4x4 looking at animals. Maybe we should look at the animals because they understand rest. they just like... That's probably the best one to go to because we learn something. That's why Jesus said, look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Why are you so anxious? Right? Maybe that's the best one. What's next? Ooh, lunch in Venice. I heard some deep sighs there. I hope the husbands took notice. And then some of us like to rest like this. That's true. Yeah. Put up your hand if that's you. Oh, wow, you guys are bold and brave. It's all the young generation of Marcel back there. So. <laughs> That's amazing. You know what? All of these things says this. Do this and you will find rest for your soul. If you're on that beach, if you're in that cabin, if you get to stream the movies you want to watch and binge watch, if you do these things, here's the promise that all of these things give. You will find rest for your soul. And we find ourselves in this trap and we live crazily to make enough money to get to these places because these places promise, come here and you will find rest for your soul. And then we run through life and then as life progresses, we find ourselves in the later stages of life and we ask the questions, what did I chase? And we might get to a place called, um, you've got enough money to stop working, retirement, and then you get to enjoy all these things all of a sudden, but... I don't want to live like that. Honestly, I don't. And there is an alternative way. And the alternative way is not by stopping working and it's not by getting out of a calendar. The alternative way is a person. And his name is Jesus. So let's read together our key text for this morning. Out of Matthew 11. Jesus speaks. He says, come to me. All the labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I'm going to read it again. I want you to close your eyes and listen to his invitation this morning. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Thank you, Jesus, for this invitation. May we accept it today. It's important when we read Scripture to know what the context is that something is placed. If you go through Matthew chapter 10, you'll see that Jesus has spoken about this way of discipleship, about following him. And that's what we do here. We say every nation, Helderberg, we follow Jesus together. That's who we are. That's what we do. And, and in Matthew chapter 10, he just said this. He said, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. All of the places and the things I just described before is our effort and our drive to find life. Jesus said, if you just chase that, you're going to lose out. But if you let all of that go and you find me, you will find life. And he's just said this. And then there's this interaction between the messages from John the Baptist and Jesus saying, are you the Messiah? Are you the one promised to come? And then Jesus goes into this whole discourse speaking about the, the tensions that the people were living in. In these days, he said this in Matthew 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. He's saying out there, there's this violent world. It's busy. It's a chase. It is just everyone wants to get out of it. He says in the marketplaces, they call out saying, Who, uh, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a, a dirge and you did not mourn, saying that there's just this pressure in society to respond to things. It's a violent world. And and then he goes to the cities and he speaks to the cities that didn't repent when he did miracles in them. And he said, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So Jesus is in this world of, of confusion and violence and unrepentance and people who just don't want his message. At the end of that, he speaks about how he reveals the Father. And then he says, come to me. In all of this, in all of this world, in all of this craziness, in all of this performance, in violence, come to me. I will give you rest, not peace. Because I don't think we'll fully have peace in this world until Jesus comes. It's just the way it's going to be, friends. Not a better economy, not enough to get through the month, not enough to perform and all these voices out there say dance for us and says no come to me and I will give you rest when he spoke these words I'm sure that those hearts responded like that's what I want I deeply need rest I want rest and you might be here this morning and that's your cry it's mine for sure I woke up yesterday morning not sleeping while I'm Friday and Leanna's like are you okay I'm like I'm actually not because I'm so aware of all the responsibility at the moment, and it makes me tired. <laughs> the only way I could get out of my state of mind was to go and be with Jesus. Honestly. And you know what? My Saturday turned out to be much better than what, the way it started. But let, let's look at the words of Jesus in this invitation. First thing that we notice is that rest is action. It's not a passive thing. Sometimes we think it's just about sitting back and just 
Woo! Jesus, you've got to do all this stuff. But there's four invitations. There says, come, take, learn, and find. And this is important because there's actually a progression here. You see, we want to come to Jesus and we just want to find and discover the rest. And he's got to do all the work. But there's an invitation. Just come. What are you coming to? You're coming to me. Come. You've got to come. But then we come and then we want to find, but we're not willing to actually take the rest that he has for us. And Jesus, I believe this morning even, is standing with arms open and saying, I want to give you that rest, but you've got to come. So we've got to come. If you wake up tomorrow morning and you feel like, oh, come to Jesus. It's there, friends. It is there. My biggest proof this morning is my own story. It is there. But I don't just come like, okay, Jesus, here I am. Like, will I lean in and actually say, I want that. I'm going to take it. How do we take it? You take it by learning from him. You know, Pierre, that's great that you want to run your week like that. But why don't you learn from me? And maybe ask me and my Holy Spirit to help you direct your life a little bit differently. Because if you come and you take that rest and you accept it and you say, okay, now Jesus, teach me. Teach me a better way. Teach me to go into December, not just sitting on the beach and then come back in January and being stressed about money. Because honestly, friends, that's not living. That's not living. Teach me, Jesus, how do I do it differently? If you come, if you take, if you are humble enough to be teachable, you know what? You will discover rest. Come, take, learn, discover. Isn't that a beautiful invitation? So it's an active resting. The key to rest is an active pursuit of Jesus. The key that unlocks the rest that you need is an active pursuit of Jesus. And you can find yourself in paradise for two weeks, being served the best seafood in the world, Waking up and putting your feet in the blue waters. And you can come back tired because you haven't been with him. It's just the way that he's made us. He's made us to come, take his rest, learn from him. And then we discover what it is to be people of rest. But not only the rest is not only an action, rest is a person. Come to me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Learn from me. I am gentle. My yoke is easy. It's all about the person of Jesus. We think rest is in our plans, the places we go to, and the prosperity we need to make those things happen. And we are left wanting because Jesus is saying, it's me. I am the rest. I am that place of recovery. I'm that place where you can live, and I believe it's continually, even if you are at work, and even if you have to do the things that we've got to do in this world, even there, Jesus' invitation remains. If you are heavy, burdened, and laden, just, just come. I'm right there. But it's not the rest that we are coming for, it's Him. Because if we go for the rest, we're treating Him like a servant, that just responds to our needs when we hit the button. Like a butler who comes and says, what do you want today, Pierre? Well, Jesus, I need some rest. Well, you've got it. Boom. I don't want to go to Jesus for rest. I want to go to Jesus for him. Because I know when I discover him, rest will come. 
So it's important to, to say that because we've got to come with the right expectation and the right posture of our hearts. But he says, if you come, I'm on the other side, and if you come and you, you lean in and you take and, 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 and you learn from me, you will discover rest. But we can't do that without the right posture, which is my third point this morning, is that rest is a posture. A posture is a position of your soul. It's the way that you, you approach or engage with something. And I love the words of Jesus. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. So how do we come? We come with gentleness and humility and lowly in heart and say, Jesus, here I am. And man, it's been madness. And I do want rest, but can that gentle and humble heart of yours teach me how to find it? You see, then words like Sabbath becomes effective because then you can actually take a full 24 hours a week and switch off your phone. It's possible. You think it's not. It is. If you get the news you need to get a day later, then what? I'm just, I'm just tackling some things that is keeping us bound, right? Like the first thing we reach in the morning is when we wake up is for our phone. Just think about that. The first thing you do when you wake up is, I'm opening myself up for whatever the world is throwing at me right now. And then we wonder why we battle with our emotions or our mental health. If we can wake up and say, Jesus, it's a new day. I want to learn from you. Teach me what I need to learn today. Show me the humble way. Show me the gentle way. And you posture your heart there. The best thing that you can do in, for yourself this December is buy yourself a paper Bible. Don't read from your phone. You'll thank me later. And put that next to your bed. And when you wake up, open up your paper Bible and read that. And give it half an hour before you pick up that phone. But you see, that posture of gentleness and lowliness will always be attested by the enemy. And we have the keys to tell him no or yes by the choices that we make. I love this because Jesus was speaking to them in this environment, in this, this, this world of violent people. And he's speaking about these cities that they see the signs, but they won't repent. This dark world and this, this pressurizing world and this world of performance. Dance for us when we play the flute and all these things. In the midst of that, he said, I'm not like that. I am gentle and lowly in heart. Unlike the rat race, it always puts us on demand. Jesus says, come with a gentle heart and you'll find my humility and my gentleness and my yoke, which is easy, and my burden, which is light, which brings me to the last point I want to bring out of this part of the, the, the word this morning is rest is about a tethering. He's using imagery to captivate our minds in this moment. He says, come to me. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. What is he trying to do? He says, it's like a cattle that comes next to another cattle and then you are yoked together by what we call a yoke. And many of us might not even know what it is because we've never seen it. But it's a piece of wood back in that time that keeps the cattle together so that when they work, they're straining in the same direction. And he says, come and be tethered to me. Let the only expectation that's on your back and your shoulders be the one that I'm carrying. 
Because there, when you are yoked with me, you will find rest for your souls. But for me, again, it's not about, oh, it's easier. For me, it's, I'm right close to Jesus. When I'm tethered to him, he's right there. And we get to look in his direction like, Jesus, you're here with me. Man, 2022 is hard. But Jesus, you're here with me. I'm tethered to you. Lord, I need to go face some big things when I see my family this year. But you know what, Jesus, I'm tethered to you. The invitation is not just so that we can breathe a little bit, bit deeper. The invitation is to be right near to him and to be tethered to him. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I believe Jesus in his wisdom uses this analogy because he's speaking about work, right? He doesn't say, go sit under a tree and the rest will come. He's speaking about work. Just even in your working, be tethered to me because what I carry is light and it's easy. For me, it's all just about world. Look who's next to me. It's him. It's Jesus. Quickly want to read a few verses from Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to read them together. Don't have to turn there. It's going to be on the screen. And then once I'm done reading it, we are going to wait on him a little longer and enter that rest that he's invited us to. Rest is action. We're going to take action. Rest is a person. We're going to come to Jesus. How are we going to come with the right posture of humility and lowliness? And then what will happen? We will be tethered to him. That we can walk this world the way that he wants for us. In Hebrews chapter 4, the author in this letter takes him through a little bit of the history of the people of God, Israel. And then he speaks about their rebellion and a few other things. And then he gets to this chapter where he speaks about the rest of God that is available for his people. Now it's important when we read this to know he's speaking about two rests. He's speaking about the rest that is to come. When Jesus returns, we'll fully enter into the rest out of the striving of this world. But he also says because of Jesus, there's a way of resting that's available now. So I'm going to read this and I just want these words to minister to you. Hebrews chapter 4. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. Who's the them? The Israelites. This has been announced to us, the good news that there's rest. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Some of the people, the people of God listened to God, most didn't. So this invitation for rest did them no good because they didn't listen to God. And in the same way, you've got a choice this morning. Are you going to listen to his word or are you going to listen to the world? To your plans, to your holiday, to find rest. And then he carries on and says, we know it's ready. What's ready? This rest. Because of the place in scriptures where it mentions that on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard, first heard this good news, the Israelites failed to enter because they disobeyed God. Who will we obey this morning? The world, our own ideas, or God? So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. Say today. 
God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. What voice are we hearing today, friends? The voice of Jesus saying, come to me and you will find rest. Will you harden your heart today or will you say, yes, Jesus, I need that. I need to get out of the cycle. I need you. He carries on. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. The future rest for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. Just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Another translation says, let's strive to enter his rest. The only time in the Bible that we are encouraged to strive it is to enter his rest. Nothing else should be striven for. And this world tells us, strive, strive, harder, more, more, strive, harder, more. And Jesus says, my children, can you just strive to be with me? But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. The end of not resting will fall somehow. Maybe in our faith, maybe in our relationships, maybe in our workplaces. But somehow we're going to trip if we don't find rest in Him. And then, oof, this, this gets me. Because it says, then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. He takes us away from this thing of trying to enter rest. And he says, you know who gets it? It's the person, Jesus. He knows what it feels like to be bombarded by this world. He knows what it feels like to be on this rat race on this side of the planet. But there's a heaven that He's prepared for us. But you know, when you come to Him, you say, Jesus, I'm tired. He leans in and He says, I get that. I've been tired too. I've been worn out. I had to minister for days on end, walking by foot, not having something to eat. And through all of that, I ended up on the cross so that you can enter my rest. So now, what do we do? Hebrews 4 ends with this. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's echoing the words of Jesus. Come to me. Draw near. You were heavy laden. And you, you need mercy and grace. Come and be yoked with me if you're burdened. Come and be yoked with me if you need grace. And what does this represent? So I want to upgrade your ideal picture of rest. It's not the beach. It's not the sunset. It's not Venice. That's the true picture of rest. And I'm emotional this morning because my heart is burdened when I look at you guys. And when I think of my own journey and how hard it is to make that 
a place of rest. And like, Lord, we've got to get out of our idea and go back to this one. Where we are yoked with the cross. Because therein, our souls will find rest. How do we do this? <laughs> it's so simple. Rest will come to you as you come to him. Come. In a moment, we're going to create an environment to come. In Psalm 73, the psalmist goes through a very tumultuous moment of turmoil in his soul. Where he says, I look at the world. He says, I don't get this. The unrighteous prosper. And they prosper even while they are making other people work for them so that they can prosper. And the unrighteous have got all these things and it seems like the unrighteous, the world out there has got it all together. But I know inside of me that the end that they're going to find themselves in is it's going to be disastrous. And he battles with this tension. Lord, but the world out there, the world out there, the world out there. When I look at it, it seems like it works. Some of it works. Most of it works. There's prosperity. And, and he was like, why do they prosper like that? Why does it work? Why does all these things that we find ourselves bound to in this world that is not from you, Lord, why does it work? And then he says, when I thought how to understand this, it seemed like a wearisome task. Like, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why I, like, I, I want to have all these other things and not you. I, I look at the world and I see all the, the toil in the world and it, it seems to work. It seems to be prosperous. It seems to, actually, if I work hard enough, I can have the money to go and do the things that I sold, really wants to do. So I don't understand this. And he was in this turmoil. And he says, when I thought how to understand this, it was a wearisome task until I went to the sanctuary of God. And then I knew the end. Where's the sanctuary of God today, friends? It's amongst us. It's upon us. It's within us. Because we have become the dwelling place of God as His church. The temple where He has chosen to dwell. And we too this morning can become restful by being worshipful. Because if we upgrade our desire for rest to focusing on the one that we tether to, Jesus next to us, all of a sudden, all these strivings for stuff and things just become less because I've got Jesus next to me. And Jesus, when I look at you, all I have to give is worship. All I have to give is praise. All I have to give is you are amazing. You are perfect. You are beautiful. You have saved me. You have given us the picture of what true rest is. And oh, I need this. And then when you face work this week, because it's coming, guys, tomorrow is Monday. You've got Jesus facing it with you. And you can actually work from rest, not work for rest. That's the invitation of Matthew 11. So as the band gets ready to lead us, I want to say this again, the words of Jesus, come to me and you will find rest for your soul. 
And we are in no hurry this morning because we've got plenty of time. And this is what we've prepared for today. I'm so grateful that Cleo and her team said, we just want to come serve whatever needs to happen this morning. And I'm like, great, it's not going to be typical five songs and then the rest. Like, we want to create an environment. And that's great that even our worship team who does this every week <laughs> gets to just come and worship. Thank you, guys. So now, switch off your phone. Try it, it works. I sometimes have to figure out where my off button is. Take off your watch if that is how you are wired. Let's come to Him in a posture of humility and worship. Let's focus on the one that's tethered to us, that wants to show you at what pace you need to work. Keep in step with my spirit, he says. Let's do that for the next little while through our worship. Just come. If you prefer standing, you can stand. If you prefer sitting, you can sit. If you want to kneel, you can kneel. If you want to pray, you can pray. If you, whatever you need to do to come, let's come for a little while. Lord Jesus, thank you that this invitation remains. And the invitation of Hebrews 4, that there's a rest available for us today, remains. That this is not an archaic idea, Lord, that is only connected to back then. Lord, because we see in Matthew 11 how the people were living in the world that is so similar to ours. The pressures of society. But you said in the middle of that, come to me. Jesus, thank you that as we come, you will meet us. And I pray, Lord, that we would exchange our lesser ideals of rest today for the ultimate rest. Coming to what you've done at the cross. You bore the burdens so that we can enter your rest. So as we worship this morning, Jesus, will you come? and teach us we're not coming just to receive we're coming to Jesus teach me how better I can enter your rest we ask in faith in Jesus name